2: All right, we're back, and so now I'm going to play a, a clip from the Dan Daka show today, where he was talking to Tom Crean about whether or not Oladipo did indeed say the things that Jay Michael reported.
0: Well, Coach, you talked to him. Did, did he say those
3: things? He said no. He said oh, no. Is that not right? like that. That's what he said. I mean, not like that. I mean, he gave me an example of, of, of I like I don't even know where it comes from, right? Because he said like we didn't, the Knicks weren't even in the bubble, and we didn't play the Raptors. And obviously, they played the Heat. But I think he was more taken back about, like, why would somebody say that, uh, not address it with him? But in his mind, it, to answer to your question, he said he didn't say those things. See, that's and the biggest... having relationships with other guys, you know that. I mean, having relationships... Of course. He talked to me about, after the, the, the Miami series, uh, talking to Bam Bayo for a while after the game, because of a relationship, I mean... Unless somebody, like, actually heard him say it and puts her name to it, that's a tough thing, right? I mean, that's a, that's a very tough thing. And I think in his mind, I mean, he even got, to be honest with you, Dan, I mean, I asked him a couple different times. And by the end of it, I, he was a little ticked off that I was asking. But I said, I'm not asking out of guilt. I'm asking out of you getting in front of this. And he said he didn't do those things.
2: Well, that's, that's interesting there. So Tom Crean, I believe that he did have that conversation with Victor Oladipo. There's no doubt about it. But I think that, like I said in the first segment, I really believe Victor Oladipo just needs to come out and admit that these are not true and that he did not say this thing. like, just come out. Don't have Tom Crean do it for you. But I can see why he's frustrated. But it literally took what? I think J. Michael dropped that article around 8 o'clock this morning. Tom Crean's on Dan Dockers' show, at like 115, 120, something like that. So it took less than like four or five hours to to get out and try to defend him. So to me, it's just like you know, Vic, just just put something out on social media. And We know that you have a, a you're present on social media. There's no doubt about it. But anyway, uh, then today, Jay Michael joined JMV on the ride with JMV on ten seventy the dot and this is Jay talking about his his sources and how he came up with this story before reporting it.
1: And I'm going to tell yeah. you something. I, I never got pushed back. And I went to people who, around the league, who I thought would say, man, that didn't happen. That's not true. You know, I mentioned three teams in there. That, that, that's false. I never got pushed back on one thing. I never got pushed back on one thing at all. The only thing that the main thing, the other thing that I took out of the story that I did, originally was going to put in was I know there was a person or two who weren't, wasn't happy about him being away from the team, participating in mass Singer. Um, but I knew other people who thought it wasn't a big deal because he was injured. He couldn't practice anyway. And they said, you know, that's, that's, really, not, that, that's really not that big of a deal. And I, I thought, you know what, that's not fair. To, that's not fair. But it had to be something where there was a consensus. Yes, this happened. And so if people are wondering, oh, this is one person or two people, if you look at the story and read it, there are multiple sources in different areas. And I would go as high as probably 12 to 15 people <laughs> who I talked to around the league who verified every single detail that I have in that piece.
2: Okay. So I guess if you're going to say that you don't believe Jay Michael, because truth of the matter is he did not speak to Ladipo about it right there. He said he got 12 to 15 sources around the league, but I think if you can get 12 to 15 different sources to talk about it, that should be enough to come out with a story and report it like he did. Now I understand sometimes it's frustrating because players will push back on the reports that come out but what are they going to do i'm not i mean if victor came out and said yeah i did talk to bam Adebayo and said i wanted to play with the, the miami heat or if i did come out and talk to kyle lowry and said i wanted to play with the toronto raptors that's going to look terrible so i mean really the players you know what are they going to do they're going to deny it and and the agent or the agents got to make sure that they talk to their players to say the right thing publicly but reporters have to do their job and report the news they hear whether we like it or not as fans they're doing their jobs. I don't think Jay Michael's been in this business for as long as he has been just to report nonsense to get clicks. I mean, I'm sorry. I understand that some people believe that, but he's been working a long time on the story. He waited on it. He sat on it for a while. He uh, he has more to say here. So here's Jay Michael talking about reaching out to Oladipo's agent to get comments from him before releasing the story, which is pretty cool.
1: Hey, I told his, people, his agent, Aaron Turner, because you see in the story I said... Aaron Turner did not respond. I said, look, I did it via email, uh, excuse me, via text multiple times and via multiple phone calls and left messages. I have something on Victor. It deals with the chemistry, what happened with the Pacers. Some of the things don't reflect, you know, greatly on him. It's not necessarily a, you know, it's nothing that you know claims that he committed a crime or he's a bad person. Just that it's some things that I I think you'd be well, you know, it, it would serve you well to respond. And I never got responses. I got, well, what I did get back was, I'll call you back, I'll call you back, and no one ever called me back. So it got to the point where I felt like maybe there was a thought that if they didn't respond, I wouldn't be able to run the story. When the whole point that I was doing was saying, look, you need to have some sort of response. So I think at some point, maybe he will, but he can't have Tom Crean and other people speaking on his behalf. He has to speak, but also he has to speak and allow for pushback to challenge some of those things that he says because i have details beyond even what you see in the story and i even held things back i thought this was a pretty scaled down version of uh some things that i thought went on uh with the team this year uh, i think he would be better served to do that
2: well that's interesting why did jay michael hold back in the article well uh, i uh, i hope maybe that jay will reveal that uh, the rest of the story maybe maybe within the next week or so but i mean Maybe he just felt like he didn't want to go down that path. But all I can say right there is, like, he reached out to the agent. Um, They just let it kind of blow over. So what are you supposed to do about that? I mean, that's just the way they handled it. Jay reached out, and he ran the story anyway. And so now they're upset about it. But like Jay said, Oladipo, and I said this at the beginning, he's got to come out and say something. Until he does, it's going to be all on him. So then JMV does kind of ask uh, Jay, what he thinks the future is for Oladipo with this team? Does he think the Pacers make a move before the season starts? That whole situation. So Jay talks about the hurdles that it'll be that for the Pacers to make a deal with some of these teams that were uh, earlier earlier connected to him, and then he also talks about Miles Turner in this as well as someone that teams are inquiring about. So here is what Jay Michael had to say about Oladipo's future.
3: Right now, you know, I,
1: if you'd asked me before this, like say. A month ago, I'd have told you, "Hey, you know, there's a 80, percent, 90 percent chance that he's gone before the season starts, even more than that." Uh, but I think, from what I've gathered, uh, some options or what you thought were options aren't there anymore. or won't be there. Uh, I don't think the Knicks are going to be there. Um, uh, I was told that Leon Rose, who's now president of Knicks, who Oladipo fired um, a couple of years ago. Uh, didn't like the way that kind of transpired and went down, and that might ultimately cancel out his pathway to New York. Um, uh, you know, I don't think the Miami Heat – look, before the Miami Heat made it to the finals with the roster they have now, Oladipo was a popular name. I reported in July that he really wanted to go to Miami. Do, do they really need to spend a max contract on Oladipo based on what we saw from Miami? No. So I just think certain options have dried up maybe the reason why it's more likely that he comes back at least to start the season is that it, you know, maybe I'll put at 50, 50. It's just because it's a matter of options. Maybe the Pacers can't get enough for him in the market and they'd rather sit on him, let him start playing again, hope he plays well, and then move on from him. that, that, that's a, I think that's more of a possibility than maybe it was before. Uh, but I think this is a big unknown. Um, the free agency is unknown. Uh, the, 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 the How things are going to... Is there going to be a lot of movement? Is there going to be no movement? The Pacers only have a few million dollars, seven, eight million dollars to play with on the cap, that sort of thing. And now you're coming out of COVID and decreased revenues. Do you really want to spend a lot of money uh, on free agency this year? I don't think a lot of teams like the Pacers would want to. So I think that factors in. But um, yeah, I, I think ultimately, you know, the player who has the most value in the market is Miles Turner. It's not Victor Oladipo. They're fielding far more calls and interest on Turner, from
2: what I understand, than they are on Victor Oladipo at this moment. And I think that that's a great representation of Miles Turner as a person, and and what he is as a character on the court because he's a, he's a really good guy. And the fact that Victor Oladipo's sister kind of threw him under the bus confirming that she believed he'd be one of the guys lying um, about, about the whole situation telling telling Jay Michael that Victor said this to other team other you know opposing teams uh, players like that that was just way out of line to me so yeah I mean uh, we've talked about multiple trade ideas on this podcast probably way too many to uh, interest you guys anymore with our trade ideas so we're not even gonna go down that path but what I will say is it's more than likely that one of them is going to get moved. Uh, Turner obviously has more value. It's it's a, it's a weird situation with him and Sabonis. You know, uh, Jay Michael did come on Twitter after this whole conversation and said, look, one thing that's really being overlooked is there's been some t- talks in there. I think Charlotte was involved as a team that has interest in uh, Miles Turner as well. Uh, some three team trade talks as well. But I mean, if you if you look at what victoria oladipo kind of hinted at with with miles turner and the whole drama situation with uh turner being the one lying about you know oladipo talking to opposing teams uh imagine them getting traded together like everybody suggested that would be awkward as well so really i'm sure in a couple days a couple probably a couple weeks this will all blow over um whatever happens happens but i think that it's interesting from a standpoint of why did this report come out now why is Oladipo not denying it why is Oladipo not saying anything how do the Pacers go about this look at the bottom line they got to handle this internally Vic whether he comes out or says something or not he's got to talk to Miles he's got to talk to the entire team and just say let's put this behind us we got a goal to go out there and you know move on in the playoffs because we've been eliminated the last you know four years in the first round so they got to figure something out to where they can get past this whole situation but um, yeah, I mean it's interesting, and I, I want to talk with Tyler Smith from Indy Sports Legends about this whole thing. So he's going to join me next segment to discuss the whole depot situation. But yeah, I'm just a little bit dumbfounded by everything that's going on. And Vic, whatever happens, you know it happens. I'm, I'm going to be a fan of this Pacers team. I think we all be fans of this Pacers team, whether Vic's on the roster or not. But I do think that you're going to hear in my conversation with Tyler Smith that. I'm, I'm ready to move on. I just I just can't imagine what this next seven months would look like, what these next seven months will look like if Oladipo is still on this team and things do not get any better. So anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, you'll hear my conversation with Tyler Smith, and we'll wrap this show up. Thanks so much, guys. All right, everybody. Joining me right now on Setting the Pace, it's our good friend Tyler Smith from Indie Sports Legends, Tyler Uh, not not exactly the kind of day you were expecting from the Pacer side of things. Uh, Can I say that's uh, that's right?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I was expecting a nice and quiet day just to enjoy my coffee, get ready for the weekend, but things, uh, things change pretty quickly.
2: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I was actually kind of looking forward to some Colts Thursday night football, just relax, sit back, watch some football and and just kind of get my mind off basketball until the, the draft comes here next week. But Um, Jay Michael comes out with this article on the Indy Star. We're going to be talking about it uh, today, and I'm just curious. You know, when you saw that article, what was your initial thoughts?
4: My initial thoughts, you know, it's another example of, you know, something happening where it doesn't look like it's going to end well. Um, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, this proves that there's a 100% chance that Oladipo won't be back or that, you know, all these things are true, but. It's just another thing in a, in a long list of things that have been happening for several months now that just really make you, you know, believe that um, there's some truth to this. And you know, I think Twitter fans would know um, that I've been kind of in denial of all of it. And part of it is my, you know, my fandom of Oladipo from his IU days, but um, you know, my time in the locker room with the Pacers, watching them, and just seeing how different they were uh, with Vic mm-hmm. compared to Paul George in those last couple of years, and just never in a million years dreaming that this guy would one out or that this guy would, you know, do some of the things that have been reported. So, you know, even though the signs have been there, it's still, it's still pretty shocking to me.
2: Well, and that's kind of the thing because you've been in the locker room, you know, the, the feathery guy that Oladipo is, you know, always singing songs, always having a good time. And it's been kind of reported now that, He's been kind of a moody person. Going back to Orlando, going to Oklahoma City for that one year he was there, and now in Indiana, it seems like he's just a little moody. I'm not really sure what to take from that, but it's uh, I've, I've seen people that have covered both the Thunder and the Magic say that Oladipo was like that when he was in on those teams. So it's it's just a little bit frustrating. But I kind of ask because a lot of people are always going to compare the situation to Oladipo to what Paul George and the Pacers went through about four years ago. So do you happen to feel like it's going down that road or do you think that this could be handled a little bit differently?
4: I wish I knew, honestly. Uh, I I think that there's so many different scenarios that can still play out and we're obviously, you know, it's 2020. So um, everything is crazy (laughs) as it is. I mean, we're talking, you know, a a ramp up of the draft free agency and trades and and they could be playing ball in a little over a month. Um, So, so many things could happen And including just with Victor himself, I've been saying that this offseason, you know, the shortened offseason, since they got a coach, everything falls on what they do with Oladipo. Um, They got to be the ones that have those conversations behind them, closed doors. And I would still not completely rule out the fact that that he could be here and then maybe um, maybe has another mood swing and maybe he plays well and uh, he gets some of that passion back and maybe, you know, he gains, you know, regains the trust from his teammates. Because I'll tell you what. In those couple years, those first couple years in Indiana, his teammates absolutely adored him. I've never seen a team come together around a leader as much as they did for him. So whatever changed, you know, after the injury, um, I'm not really sure. There's a whole list of things that could happen. But um, right now, based on today's reporting, it doesn't look good for him uh, returning. But then, you you know, things get even trickier. Because Kevin Pritchard, you trade a guy just to trade a guy, um, because if that stuff was true and and uh, he would disrupt the locker room but what if it makes your team worse you know the Pacers are trying to compete this year they got new coaching staff um, maybe there's a little friction but a lot of NBA locker rooms have friction well you brought um, you up don't want to
2: well, I was going to say you brought up a good point about you know his teammates from two years ago really liked him how many of those guys even are still in the team outside of uh, Sabonis and Turner TJ Leaf
4: yeah, maybe Aaron Holliday. Um, and I. who knows? It could be just because the team was winning and, you know, you know, his personality is more infectious when he's, you know, the face of the team and things are going well. Um, I really don't know. But I just know those guys, they, they rallied around him like you wouldn't believe. And, um, and you know, even Brogdon and some of those guys had wonderful things to say about him early on. But mm-hmm. something definitely changed and it could have been an agent kind of deal. It could have been, uh, you know, he may... As some reports come out that maybe he was upset with how the Pacers handled um, him being hurt, playing hurt, and then getting, you know, injured uh, more severely. But it's tough. I mean, I'll ask you that question. What If Kevin Pritchard, if the only offers he's getting for Vic make the team clearly worse, do you make a deal just to make a deal for chemistry's sake? Or do you hope things come together? Um, you got a guy who is in a contract year, and he's probably going to ball out. So that's a tough call, isn't it?
2: Well, I mean, here's my here's my predicament. It's does he play for himself or does he play for the team? Because if you keep him on the roster and he's only playing to get his numbers up and and try to prove to everybody, hey, I'm worthy of a contract. How does that, you know, mess up chemistry? How does that mess up team flow? I'm not saying it will. I'm not saying he'll do that. But what if he does approach it that way? You know, what is his mentality when it comes to uh, approaching this upcoming season, this upcoming, you know, free agency that he has in 2021? Because we know Victor's a very charismatic guy. A lot of players around the league like him. He's fun. He's energetic. I mean, you've been talking about it with him in the locker room. I guess my thing is, like, I'm just tired of talking about it, and I don't want to sit here and talk about it for seven more months if the Pacers are going to move on or keep him because it's just going to get over the top. He's going to get tired of answering questions. Every person is going to read into every little thing that he does if he likes something on Instagram or Twitter, if he responds a certain way during a game. I mean, I'm telling you, People are going to be watching him like a hawk. So I think really if I'm Kevin Pritchard, I've got to sit down and I've got to talk to the guys that I think are going to be here long term. And right now it appears that Sabonis, T.J. Warren, and Malcolm Brogdon just be like, how are you guys feeling about this? You know, are, are you guys excited to come and play with him next year or, you know, are you a little bit hesitant? Like try to get a feel from them because according to Jay Michael on that article, he really pointed out how much the, the franchise and uh, the management really likes Malcolm Brogdon and how he's kind of taken over as that leader. So there is probably some tension there between Malcolm and Victor and we can ignore it, but I'm sure when you have a a guy that's been the leader for the last two years, you bring someone else in, Victor's not playing, all of a sudden there's a new voice that people are listening to. I'm sure that that can cause some issues. So that's why I think in my personal opinion, they can't bring him back to start the season. I mean, I don't even care what the offer is. The offers aren't going to be that great anyway. Um, You might get a better offer towards a deadline, but is it worth sacrificing so much team chemistry and some turmoil within your team? I don't think it is, but this is something the Pacers have to figure out internally, and that's something that, you know, we're not going to know. We're just – I'm just making a guess.
4: Yeah, and they don't have a lot of time. And, you know, I, I see that point brought up quite a bit about the trade deadline, but the thing is, if you're trying to compete, which obviously if you keep him on the roster, you're signaling even more that, you know, we're trying to win this year. Um, how many guys on contending teams get dealt at the deadline? I mean, it's it's it does happen. Um, maybe yeah. it's like a um, an all star for an all star, you know, uh, expiring contract or you know take on a contract type situation, but it's rare. And so I think they got to decide. You know, like you said, either either they're going to run it back and hope things change in the locker room. Um, I still, you know, the the fan in me would still hope that there's um, you know, if they sit down and and Oladipo, you know, if he could actually come clean, you know, I see a lot of people talking about that too. Like just send out a tweet like, Hey, this isn't true. Or I'm fully committed uh, to this team. He just won't do it. And obviously his sister, his sister's tweeting about it. So he knows that it's out there and he's like, I don't know. You know, that, that fat Joe interview is like, I don't know where the rumors come from. I can't control it. Yes, you can. (laughs) You can control it.
2: That's what, that's what annoyed me so much about him using Tom Crean, like Tom Crean's like, Hey, Vic, can I text Dan Dockage and see if I can come on a show to stick up for you? And, and, and Crean literally said, Vic said, please do, nobody else is. Victor, if you would just say, look, I didn't do this, or I'm a pacer, I want to be here, I'm not even worried about the rumors, I'm going to play out my contract, and we'll talk about it when the season's over. Like, if he just came out and said anything, then I think people would be a little bit more hush-hush about it. But the problem is, you have this article come out this morning the first thing Victor should have done is: This is not true. He did not talk to me about this. I don't know where he got this. Like he could totally flip this on Jim Michael if he wanted to, but no. Yeah, and his, his,
4: and his agent could have. his agent had two weeks to respond from what we read.
2: Yeah, and it's like uh, he went in his uh, interview, which you're going to hear clips from that in the first segment. Uh, if you if you didn't listen to that part already, but I got a clip for Jim Michael. Was like I literally respond. I, I reached out to him. He gave me. You know, I'll get back with you. I'll get back with you. I'll get back with you. And it's just like, what in the heck? Like, why, why in the world did they not get back to him? I mean, if, if, if the reporter's coming to you, here's what I'm running with. It's going to cost, you know, I'm going to talk about Vic's team chemistry issues, and, and you decide that you're not going to, you know, maybe just you're going to deflect it and I'll let it just be, well, hey, then you're going to have to suffer the consequences of when this thing comes out not being ready because it's almost like he was blindsided by what was said, and he's all upset that people feel this way about him. But, you know, I don't think that Jay would just make this up. I know some people like to give him some crap on Twitter and say they don't believe what he's saying, but I don't think Jay is one of those guys that really is just going to say stuff to say stuff.
4: Yeah, and here's the problem. When there's radio silence from somebody, that leaves everyone the opportunity to assume. And so Mm -hmm. one of the assumptions right now that I have in my mind is that Victor is going to use this as a way to maybe get out and a way to justify it. Mm. Maybe he's not happy in Indiana and maybe he's looking for those little opportunities to say, Hey, they ganged up on me. The fan base turned on me. They don't want me here. Like I need to look elsewhere. That's I'm left to that assumption. Unless he tells me otherwise.
2: Well, let me ask you this because when that report first came out, I think bleach report, like reshared it or whatever. And then his uh, sister Victoria said something about his teammates lying or something like that. Somebody then called out Miles Turner, and she put the uh, zip lip emoji with her hands in the air, and then Turner replied and said, oh, it's like that. So, I mean, obviously, she had to have talked to Victor about it, been like, what are all these things going on? Like, you know, just probably upset for him because she doesn't want to see her brother go through this, but why would she come out there and say, oh, his teammates are lying about him? To me, that seemed kind of fishy as well.
4: Yeah. And again, for him to be silent, but, you know, letting his college coach and his sister do the talking, it's just, it's, it's baffling. I don't get it. And, and, you know, a very quick response from Turner. So, you know, sometimes when, when when fans are like, oh, I don't know if players, you know, read into this stuff and, oh, they're reading, they're watching, you know, they're, uh, they're definitely in tune with what's going on. So I just think even, you know, Turner responding in that case, instead of him saying like, like, I don't know where it's coming from. He never said that. Instead he's like, Oh, that's how it is. So, I mean, to me, Turner's interaction there kind of confirms that there's at least something, there's some truth to this.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, Creen's like talking about how how he's so excited about this, you know, m- developing this new relationship with coach Bjorkman, how they've talked almost every single day and coach Nate is really trying to create a relationship with him. And it seems and according to Jay Michael's article, once again, going back to referencing that, that that was kind of the, the project when he was hired. You got to figure this thing out. You got to try to get all these guys on the same page. And I think that's why they went with someone that's more positive, someone that's more communicative with their players. And we don't know much about Nate Bjorkman, but I mean, it, it appears from what we've heard from coach Crean and uh, Jay Michael, that this is what's been happening. And coach Nate has been doing a good job with that development of that relationship But now with this article coming out, does that put a damper on things? Does that change things? You know, I don't know, but I will say this, like Vic could control this. He could put a stop to all of this. But like you said, his radio silence to me is an indicator that he's looking for a reason to get out and he wants to be talked about. I feel like ever since he got injured, he came back. The the season was put on hiatus for a couple months because of COVID. They came back to the bubble. And all of a sudden you hear all these, oh, I'm not going to play. I am going to play. We have to listen to that for about a month. You know, every time he's a game time decision, it's just all this constant stuff just seemed like Victor wanted to be in the spotlight, whether it was good or bad. So I think Vic likes when people talk about him in trade rumors. I like, I think Vic likes hearing his name mentioned amongst the other guards. But right now I think what's frustrating for him is he's realizing that his value is not as high as he probably hoped it would be because of his injury. And so now it's like whatever the Pacers try to do, like they're just kind of stuck because if they make a move before the season starts, they're going to get cents on the dollar. If they play it out through the regular season and Victor's good, then they trade him. Well, then you have a predicament as well because he's still an expiring contract and you're getting him for half a season. What are you really going to get back in return? Probably not a lot, maybe a draft pick, but if it's to a good team, it's not going to be great. So that's why I say it's not going to be that much of a significant difference to the value they get for him so I just I don't know I just I don't envision him staying here long term after the season's over
4: yeah it's very very possible and I think the thing that the Pacers do have on their side is a man named Kevin Pritchard and you know Pritchard's not perfect he's going to make mistakes Um, you know T.J. Leaf says hi but anyway um, I I think um, (laughs) wow I, I think Kevin Pritchard he's He's so trustworthy, so transparent, and in one of his season-ending pressers over Zoom uh, with the media, he mentioned that, um, you know, as of right now, all I've heard from Vic is that he wants to be here, and it'll be up to him, and um, basically indicating that it'll be up to him uh, to prove he's healthy, and then we would like him to be here, but that'll be his choice, but one thing he did say was, at some point, we'll have that heart-to-heart and that sit-down, and we'll see where things go. So I think uh, uh, Pritchard's good at reading people, and I think in that conversation he would be able to tell even, you know, if, if Vic has given him lip service, if Vic has any kind of hesitation, or if and, – and what fans have to understand that the scenario that could still be playing out, even though we don't like how it's playing out, is that Victor is simply – him and his agent are simply trying to position themselves for the best possible offer – whether that's in Indiana or somewhere else. um, And maybe they're just not handling it very well. Um, But maybe Pritchard in that conversation, that heart to heart, if they haven't had it already, comes away feeling like, yeah, Vic just wants the max contract. Maybe that could be here if he gets back to 2018 form and, you know, the locker room changes uh, to how it was. But if he gets any kind of clue at all that he wants out, um, if there's any truth to the report and all that good stuff, then, Pritchard's going to have to, you know, try to get an under the radar type of trade like he did with Paul George.
2: Yeah. And I mean that it, it really just reminds me of that 16, 17 season, not saying the roster buildup does, but the way that Oladipo is handling things, it just seems like, you know, it seems like he wants to be here, but then it seems like he doesn't. It seems like he wants to win. Then it seems like he wants the, the biggest contract. It's like, I can't really get a good feel for what Victor Oladipo wants and who and who Victor Oladipo thinks he is because personally it's like I can understand why Kevin Pritchard would want to, you know, be hesitant on making a move because at the end of the day, Oladipo is probably the most talented player they're going to get in a trade, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you're going to get anybody better than what Oladipo's potential could be if he does return from health. I don't think that you're going to go out there and get a draft pick that's going to be the next Oladipo, but I will say this. When you got a team that played so well without him last year, You got a coach that's going to modernize things. I mean, to me, and you can argue with me all you want, and I'll listen to you, and we can have a debate, but I don't think Victor Oladipo is good enough to to waste your time on this drama. I don't feel like he is a top 20 player right now. He's probably borderline top 40 with, you know, coming back from injury if he can even come to 80% of himself. I just... There's so many limitations to what he can do. I don't feel like hanging on to him and trying to pay him all this extra money for the headaches that he's caused over the last year and a half, the injury concern. I just feel like he's not worth the investment that I think the Pacers might feel like he is. Well,
4: it's just unfortunate, too, the the timing of it all. Like, this is the year that happens to be his contract year. You know, like, for example, if he was signed for two more, you would, you know, be able to afford – letting him play one more season. And then, Hey, he's back. He's back to 2018 form. Okay. Sure. Maybe he's worth it at that time, but um, obviously um, he's not a max level player at this point. Um, really look at uh, the, the season after his breakout year and, you know, it was not, not that impressive. He did some good things, but, and yeah, he had, you know, some neat struggles, but uh, you know, towards the end of that first breakout year and then uh, that next year. So really, um you know, parts of two seasons were definitely not max level uh, player. So for me, it was more of uh, the the guy, like the person that he was in those couple of years, and why all this is even more confusing and more difficult is you know the the person and the player, um, the athlete himself. You know, the Hoosier, the hard worker, the leader, um, bringing the city together. Like man, that that package would have been possibly worth considering a max deal for this franchise but as it stands now a lot would have to change
2: yeah no and I agree with that And I'm not trying to be like I'm not trying to have an overreaction here I'm just I'm just sitting here looking at things and I'm reading the tea leaves and I'm listening to things for months I mean it's been rumored for how many months that he didn't want to be here long term we're going on probably close to seven or eight now you know when uh, when all the Miami stuff started you know coming out about him and Giannis possibly teaming up as well so I just don't know what to believe, but I will say, I do think that the rumors are somewhat true. I don't know how, like, oh, I believe everything that was reported. They're like, no, I mean, I think the reports are right, but I don't know the context of everything. But I do think there is some uh, validity to these reports. I do think there is some validity to his excitement to be a a part of a new Pacers organization with Coach Bjorkman and heading in a new direction. I just think Victor is unsure of really what he wants to do. And he's kind of caught up in this cat and mice game with what he wants to do. So hopefully we can get an answer. But I just think for the Pacers' sake, it would be, to me, in the best interest for the Pacers to just swallow the pill, swallow hard, and and say, Vic, thanks for your couple years you were here, but it's just time to move on because we can't recover from what just happened and what just went down this past, you know, eight to nine months.
4: Yeah. You're probably right. And, and it'll really sting if he, you know, goes somewhere for like a second round pick or something. And then, you know, regains form and, and Pacers wonder what if, but at the same time, you know, they're not, they have a brand new coaching staff. So the direction that they want to take, um, you know, they want to begin a long-term uh, process here. Who's going to be here. And if they don't think Vic fits that and he's going to be a distraction, then it probably is uh, the safe bet uh, to just get whatever you can and, uh, hope that somehow it's a piece that works for you
2: yeah there's there's no doubt about it and it appears Kevin O'Connor has come out and said that the Mavericks are looking at you know making a run at Victor maybe Zach Levine maybe Spencer Dinwiddie well he said they were and I think it was quoted that they're chasing after those three I said well they might not have to run very far to get Oladipo Um, because I don't think that his asking price will probably be as high as what those other two guards uh, asking price will be just because of the situation and, um, yeah, it's, it's a tough it's a tough decision for Kevin Pritchard because this is the guy you traded Paul George for. And if you end up trading Oladipo, you know, I, I know you got some bonus in the deal. Obviously, that's part of it. But if you end up flipping the guy you traded Paul George for for a couple of role players from Dallas, that's not going to make it feel very good. But at the same time, I think you just want to have a roster that's competitive. Um, we know this roster right now is not a championship-level team. And whether Vick's on it or not, I don't think that really changes – their you know their pedigree as far as getting a championship
4: yeah that's probably accurate as well and uh one thing for sure is we're going to get a lot of news in a short amount of time and so that's kind of terrifying but it's exciting too <laughs> um i mean man how much is going to happen in the next maybe 48 hours you know compared in in, in you know the next three weeks or so 48 yeah. hours to three weeks from now um could be a whole lot of things to talk about in patient land and uh it'll be interesting.
2: Yeah, we're about six hours or six days away, excuse me, from the NBA draft. So I know that's when rumors really start heating up. I don't know when the trade moratorium is lifted. I think it's a few days before. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to be hearing a lot of stuff. Um, honestly, just sit back. Don't overthink it. Don't get too over-emotional uh, about it because um, you're going to be hearing a lot of different things. And I think it's just it's, it's that time of year. Uh, these GMs haven't had <laughs> been able to make a trade for like nine months now. So they're itching to, to shake things up. Players are ready to shake things up because of the offseason being so different. And yeah, it's 2020. Anything can happen, like Tyler said. So that's kind of the uh, summary, I guess we could say from everything we've heard today. Anything else, Tyler?
4: I would just say, stay tuned. And, uh, you know, like I said, in my article today, you gotta, it's 2020. So um, <laughs> don't rule anything out. And I haven't, I, I've still not completely ruled out any scenario for Oladipo at this point.
2: Yeah, you guys can check out Tyler's article on IndieSportsLegends.com, or if you don't want to go to the website, just follow follow Tyler on Twitter at TylerSmith underscore ISL, and I'm sure you'll find the link to that article in there. Tyler, thanks so much for coming on and talking about this crazy day in Pacer Nation. You got it. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for today's episode. I know it's a lengthy one, talking about Oladipo only, but I think that's what everybody wants to hear. So let us know what you guys think about Victor Oladipo, what are your thoughts on everything going on right now? Because we'd love to hear it. Thank you so much for listening to Setting the Pace. Give us a nice rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Please don't leave us any bad ones. Uh, if you don't like it, just come to us personally. Our DMs are open on Twitter. But if you could help us out, give us a five-star rating. That would be so awesome. We thank each and every one of you for your support. And until next time, let's go Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working...